Hi, we're Chelsea and Michael. And this is the Coffee with Creators podcast. Think of it as hanging out with your buddies as we chat about content creation, social media, and life in general as creatives. So grab your favorite drink and welcome to our scrappy little podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet again another episode of Coffee with Creators. Hi, Michael. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. A little frazzled this morning right? because of our technical difficulties. I know. And it happens. <laughs> it happens. But I think it's appropriate considering who we have today as our guest. Right. <laughs> and, was, and I say appropriate because we've been we've been uh, making fun of him since the last episode. And I it's know. all in good fun. We're not we're not serious, but um, we even have a little intro for him. We have a special guest for you guys today. Yeah. So our special guest is Mike Watt. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. So today our guest is Mike Watt, and you probably know him from YouTube, but he is all the way from Vancouver, Canada, which I think is really cool. He is most known for his everyday tech reviews on YouTube and Instagram. And Mike, if you want to tell us a little bit more, you can uh, go ahead. I'll give you the floor. Yeah, so uh, uh, it's amazing to be on the show and actually see what the behind the scene looks like. And because I listen to it uh, whenever I edit photos and uh, clean my desk. So, Mike, how are you? And um, yeah, thank you for for being a guest here on the podcast. And I, I know I'm personally very excited to have you on because you know we've known each other for a couple months now, mm-hmm. and I've been following you for a few years now on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into that later on as, you know, as we go through some, some of the questions, which is very, I don't know, it's one of those things that's, that's kind of um, very curious to me because I don't know if I'm just missing information in my head, but I could have sworn that I saw a video that you made a long time ago, but I couldn't find it anymore. But we'll, we'll get into that mm-hmm. <laughs> later on as we go through the questions. So like, as Chelsea said, if, as, after I, before I rudely interrupted her. <laughs> I apologize, Chelsea. Okay. I'm used to it. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why don't you tell the ladies and gentlemen about yourself? Yeah. So uh, I actually started out my channel just cleaning my room. Like I was really into minimalism. And then I started making vlogs when I lived in a car for 60 days and traveled to the United States. So in between that time, I I was making videos for around a year just for fun because I came from an accounting background and I didn't know anything about filming. So everything was just for fun and to do to learn. And uh, when I came back um, to Canada, I actually ran out of money and started to work again. And at that time, I had a lot of gear that I usually have because I'm really into those things, like even on my off times I would look for the latest gadget or whatever. So I started reviewing tech and that's when my channel was around 300 subscribers and that was May of 2018. So it really picked up after my first uh, tech video with the Jabra 65T uh, earbuds. And that's what got me into the earbud reviews, the bag reviews, and cause I was just reviewing everything I had. Cause uh, when you start out, you're kind of like really like on a budget and it's really nice to just review what you have because um, you have the experience, you used it for a long time so you can actually tell people what it's actually like having that thing. And um, the magical thing was that once you do tech reviews, people actually search for the thing that you made versus vlogs, it's very hard to be discovered. So mm-hmm. I reached 5K and 10K very quickly. I, like I was at 300 subscribers in May and I got up to 10k in December and that was really cool and then in 2019 I actually quit my job and did that full-time so uh, I've been on YouTube full-time for uh, a year and a half so that's really cool wow yeah that is cool you know what's cool is that the fact that you went on a road trip for 60 days did you say 60 days oh my gosh yes yes it it was because my girlfriend and now wife was uh, crazy, and I was stupid for <laughs> agreeing to it. <laughs> I when love you said that. that. When you said that you were on a, you were in a car for sixty days. You, Chelsea and I, like our faces were like, what? <laughs> like, eyebrows were like, really? That's kind of cool. I think Michael, it's because both you and I are parents, and so we mm. envision being in the car with our children for sixty days, and. 
I would rather have my fingernails peeled off than be in the car with my children for 60 days. So that's definitely why I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's I think I think you're correct, because I couldn't even imagine being in that situation. No. But that is really cool. So in, in a way, I, I, I do wish I could experience something like that. Maybe when I'm much older when the kids are bigger but yeah that's cool that's actually a really cool experience and is that how you basically discovered or not discovered but kind of stumbled upon doing tech reviews like after that trip what, what was the, what prompted you to go on that trip um because before that trip uh and this is what got me like more th- into youtube i guess because i actually quit my job in um uh, i think may 2017 i was gonna do shopify and amazon warehouse kind of stuff. So I was going to buy like bags from China, like 6,000 units and then bring them to the warehouse and then sell them on Amazon kind of thing. But then mm. that kind of fell through because um, I know that I needed a brand so that I could create products that had a brand because it's really hard to sell products without a brand. And you're just kind of selling generic products that you slapped a name onto it. What prompted you to start doing tech reviews? So like you went on oh, an yes. adventure and then you realized that Hey, you know, I have a lot of these uh, items that I can review. and yes. Or did you draw inspiration from someone? Well, um, back to creating, like, I just wanted to live like a nomad kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, like because I was really stuck in my nine to five job um, doing accounting. And it, like, I saw where my bosses were at. All of them were overweight, bald and stuff. And like, they're like the projection of what I was going to be like in 10 years. So I was like, ah, no, Mm. (laughs) I don't want to be like that. (laughs) So I just really wanted to get out of a job and um, like earning money online was the main goal, like passive income or like income that I didn't have to actively generate. So Mm -hmm. that was what got me into making money online. And YouTube was one of the best ways to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I definitely relate with that as well. Um, I had a a crappy job, you know, before I was married and then I quit to move and I had to go back into that crappy job. But then I, you know, I had kids and then I knew that that job wasn't going to work as a parent because it was, it was very demanding, something that, you know, I had to give like my all or nothing to. So, or I started to kind of transition into making money online. So I get that. That's cool. That's awesome, Mike. That's a that's a very interesting journey that you've had so far. Um, I mentioned earlier in the in the intro that I was kind of confused because may, maybe I'm just remembering it wrong. But I remember watching your video like a long time ago. You were reviewing a Peak Design bag, and the reason why I remember this is because my daughter was a baby; like she basically was just born, and I wanted to do some bag reviews. As a matter of fact, I actually did a Peak Design review as well from an old, old channel that I made. And this channel was a vlog style. Chelsea doesn't know this, but I had a vlog style channel that basically just showed my family. I I took it down just because um, it didn't feel right to me, at least at that time, to share too much of my family. But I did a a bag review and one of the peak design reviews that I saw was from yours. And I'm like, oh, this guy's cool. Like, that's a really nice review. But I could have sworn that was from a few years ago when my baby was, my my little girl was still a baby. But I tried searching your channel for it and I couldn't find it. So my question is, am I crazy? Or do you, (laughs) Chelsea's nodding her head. (laughs) Or did you delete that video? And if you did delete that video, is that something that you do as a content creator? Do you make something and then if you're not very happy with it or well, for whatever reason, do you delete old content? I'd like yeah. to hear your thoughts. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, I think you're crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Told ya. Yeah. Okay, maybe I am. <laughs> no, maybe just a kidding. Person. <laughs> but uh, I think it was the peak design, um, the everyday bag that you saw. It was like the top five reasons why not to buy it kind of thing? Was that the bag you were looking at? It's definitely the Peak Design Everyday Backpack. I yeah. don't remember if it's a top five, okay. but I know it was like from a while back. Yeah, because I, I actually don't delete any of my videos. Like my channel is more of a journal or diary that I keep of like everything that I have because I want to see the progress I make. So I haven't deleted anything yet. And even if it's really cringe, I, I like to keep it on. Because uh, mm-hmm. I like to laugh at it whenever mm-hmm. I feel really crappy. I'm like, okay, let's go back. 
like really far and see how crappy I was. So it makes me feel better today. <laughs> you know, what you just said is very empowering to a lot of people. And it's yes. very encouraging. Um, Chelsea and I believe in the same thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, if you don't feel comfortable about anything, you can, you're more than free to delete it, right? To take it mm-hmm. off. But Chelsea and I believe that if you always remember where you come from, mm-hmm. like where you, like how far you've gotten, it just spurs you on. And so, yeah, you'll always be grateful for where you are at that time. You know, when mm -hmm. you go back, because I have so many cringeworthy vlog style things that I did um, probably two years ago, and I've battled with wanting to delete them or should I keep them? And I've Mm -hmm. always just kept them because like you said, it's good to go back and look and see how far you've come. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the problem with my channel is that I kind of like what I did in the very, very beginning because... Those actually were my most authentic videos, although they were cringe. Uh, but uh, like, I really spoke my mind, and like the it was like the top five series, like top five why not to buy the Galaxy Watch, not to buy the Jabra sixty five Ts or the backpack, and uh, people really liked those really opinionated videos. And actually, I'm trying to get back to that place now. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. I like that too. I like when people can really speak their mind and tell me like the like the nitty-gritty of of a product rather than just like shooting rainbows so yeah that's cool i see why that was very relatable (laughs) (laughs) so you kind of touched on this just a little bit um kind of in your intro but i couldn't help but notice on your youtube channel that you had several headphone reviews was this intentional is do you just generally love headphones or did a lot of companies just reach out to you and you know offer their headphones for your review so on YouTube, I find that it's uh, usually your content that chooses you at first. And what I mean by that is that uh, when you first start on YouTube, like most people, you don't know what you want to do. So you do a lot of things. And then suddenly something hits and gets a lot of views. And the strategy is to usually double down on that topic. So uh, once I got the Jarbas down, I started reviewing other earbuds that I was just curious about. And I was reviewing... Um, the next thing I reviewed, I think was the, uh, Bose QC 35 cause those are like studio headphones that I use for video editing. And I use the same strategy, um, using the top five, why not to buy it. And that went really well as well. And in between, I did try a few other things and they didn't really fly. So I started doing more headphones like the Sony 1000 XM threes. And I find that like the views were actually making enough so that it bought me the product afterwards. So I just kept buying and buying. And then eventually uh, companies started sending me things. And um, that was really cool. Cause at first I'm like, Oh, sweet dad. Like check me out. Like people are sending me free stuff. And it was only like $50 worth of stuff. It wasn't really like expensive things yet, but um, that was what, kind of dug me into the earbuds slash uh, headphone niche because I was getting the views and it was paying me. And I mean, like earning like a few hundred dollars from YouTube and getting that uh, payment or check in your bank is like, oh my God, online money. This is crazy. <laughs> it's like, real. Yeah, it's like real, who yeah. makes this stuff? Like none of my friends did it. And online money back then was like this magical unicorn like <laughs> thing that like I've never really experienced before so that was really cool and uh i did backpack reviews because i did buy the peak design stuff as well and uh i use the same strategy on that video as well and that got me a lot of views so i started doing bags like and bags were something that i had a ton of because in my minimalism decluttering video i actually had 26 bags in my room and oh my I, God. yeah i don't know why <laughs> i had that kind of addiction but um, I have yeah. it too. It's okay. <laughs> Me too. Don't feel bad. I have a bunch that I never use, but I still keep yeah. looking for new bags. And I'm yeah. like, I want this. Yeah, <laughs> right? You find yourself on, well, for me, it's I find myself on the Peak Design website. And I'm like, I have a variation of this, but I don't have this particular one. This is the version two. <laughs> I have the version one. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. never. So I have, I touched on it a little bit in my last YouTube video, I think. Maybe I didn't, but I have the version one and the version two of their sling. I mm. love the version one. The version two, I bought it. I have never used it. I oh, only really? took a picture of it. Yeah, I've never taken it outside. Mm. Anyways, that's okay. 
So that, that was an interesting thing that you said, because I feel that my journey, my very, very young journey on Instagram, I mean, on YouTube is very similar to yours in which I featured products that I currently had. And after that, I would buy anything. Basically, the idea that I had was whatever I have right now, I have the best opinion on it because, you know, I've actually used it. So I would make a video or a review out of that. And then if there's anything that I wanted to buy in the future, like personally, I would go ahead and buy it and also make a review on it. So it's basically, I'm just giving myself that that extra step, meaning I was already going to buy this product and let me share with you the impression or what I think about it. And as you know, when those start getting views, you're, you're right. Like these companies will start to reach out to you mm-hmm. and then you'll start to get, um, you know, free products. So I guess the, for anyone who wants to start a YouTube channel doing tech reviews, that's basically what you have to do in the beginning. Like you have to review what you have mm-hmm. so that you have a strong opinion on it and like an honest opinion uh, on the product. And if you, you might have to shell out some money in the beginning just so you can purchase more stuff. But again, where I'm coming from, and I guess where Mike was coming from when he was doing that is that, you know, he was buying products that he really wanted to get to begin with, like whether he was going to do, uh, do a review or not. And he just so happened to actually make a review as well. And so, yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool um, insight because I bet you a lot of people don't know that. And I experienced something similar. So I thought that maybe that was just one off. Maybe it was a fluke or something. But hearing you say that, I'm like, okay, yeah, that does make sense. It is kind of like the, the strategy. But um, I do have one question. And it's, um, I noticed that you took a little break from creating videos on YouTube. And you started to focus a little bit more on Instagram growth. So your YouTube channel is, I think I I said a wrong number in the last episode, like 80,000, but you're like, what, 72,000 or something? That's still a very respectable number, like very respectable number. So I would consider that a successful channel. But I noticed that you took a break and you started focusing a little bit more on Instagram. And a lot of people would think that that's kind of a reverse way of doing it. But I know there might have been a reason behind it, like why you did that. Can you share with us why? Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, Instagram and YouTube are very different. I find that it's actually harder to grow on Instagram for myself. And that may be because I'm not a photographer. And the reason why I started doing more Instagram is because with YouTube, what really, really matters is the click-through rate and the watch time. And I was, I just wasn't getting the click through rate and that was because of my thumbnails. And so with Instagram, I started to learn how to edit photos, how to make them prettier. And, uh, really, I think Instagram is more of a lifestyle platform where people follow you because they like your overall look, your aesthetic or your style. And, um, that's something I'm trying to develop on my YouTube as well because with my YouTube channel, as mentioned before, it's kind of very niched or very topic driven, which before was earbuds. I did a lot of videos on that and, um, which I, and going back to what I talked about before, the, your topic kind of chooses you and it's hard to get out of that. And, um, that was really kind of depressing for me because I, like, although like I was good at reviewing earbuds, it was kind of life draining for me to do it every single time. Cause with earbuds, it's earbuds and uh, like headphones and everything. It's actually all the same. There's only slight differences in the appearance and the sound. But, um, other than that, I really felt like I was a quality control person, which felt really <laughs> weird. Cause, um, people were asking the same questions and I was just checking things for people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an audiophile, and I, I state that on my reviews. Like, I'm just like the average, uh, like, audio guy. I, what I really concentrated on was the um, usability and the user experience. Because if you don't like using it, you're never going to use the earbuds. Like, because if they don't fit in your ears or if they hurt you, you're not going to use them. So that was yeah, the biggest thing how, for me. How good they sound. Yeah. Exactly. Sound. I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because with sound, like, um, when you're working out, you, for myself, I don't really realize how good the sound is anyways. It's only when you're sitting down on the bus or something that you really appreciate the sound. And um, sound can cost you, like, 
a hundred or two hundred dollars more, and the difference is very marginal. And、uh, mm-hmm. so I didn't really resonate with that. So every time I was reviewing it,、uh, it was just not me. So on my YouTube channel, I started to contemplate whether I wanted to continue or not. Based on if my channel was pigeonholed into that niche, because anything else I did at that point did not get views. Like I would get less than a thousand or three thousand, and that was really depressing because I thought those videos were really cool, and those videos were like camera related or like everyday backpack related kind of thing, and、um, mm-hmm. it was depressing back then when I first talked to Michael. And、uh, but when I talked to Michael in our first conversation, you were like. Very different in a way because you weren't doing reviews on your channel. It was more、uh, of your desk setup, and that was something I was really into. But I didn't know why at the time. But I、yeah. like through the few months that I've been doing it myself. It's Michael's really in a lifestyle niche that he just shares whatever he likes, and people will kind of be attracted to that and follow him because of who he is and what he likes. And the cool thing about what Michael has transitioned into is that he's kind of not like a celebrity, but his brand has a face far, to it. Far from it. <laughs> yeah. No, yes. But yes, like that, would, I would say. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. When people have a face and a person to follow, that is a lot more followable than having just products all over your page, kind of thing.、Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. The main reason for that is that you are more relatable because suddenly you're a person. You're、yeah. not a company, right?、Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, I was. You know, people love that. Yeah, I was gonna say I know Michael is just over the moon to hear you say that because that's <laughs> literally his entire goal for YouTube is、yes. to not be known as one thing. He wants to be known as you know as Michael. So yeah,、mm-hmm. I know he, I know he's loving that. I do appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yay! I'm doing something right. Yay! <laughs> I guess. So, So, Mike, you briefly touched on,、um, you know, that you kind of pivoted from YouTube to Instagram. What are some of the differences that you've noticed growing your YouTube and then trying to pivot and grow your Instagram? And you might have kind of touched on this, but we can dive in just a little bit deeper. Yeah,、um, the differences is that I have no idea what I'm doing on Instagram, like how to grow. Because on YouTube, there are strategies. Like,、um, or maybe I've just studied more in YouTube than Instagram. Because on Instagram, the main way to grow for myself is to take a nice photo and find pages that would be easy for them to post on their page, so that people, so that they would feature your photo and people would follow you there. So that's the biggest thing I learned from our conversation last time with Michael. And、um, there's no other organic way to growth other, well, I guess paid. Or like those、uh, Facebook ads would work, but it's not organic. But on YouTube, it's like really fully organic because I don't have to market it much. Again, it's all based on your thumbnail and then your hook and your content. And so the views that I have are really large because I get like four hundred k plus views on my channel for some videos, and I don't know four hundred thousand people, and they all just come because of YouTube suggestions.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. If you felt it was、um, YouTube's algorithm that was kind of pushing your stuff out there, versus where Instagram's algorithm maybe isn't pushing your stuff、mm-hmm. as much. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that's cool. I mean,、uh, it sounds like like you strike me as someone who is very analytical. You strike me as someone who is very much down for like figuring out the strategies, crunching the numbers. I mean, you said you have a background in accounting, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like that kind of makes sense to me because you you think in that realm, and which is admirable because I do not. I'm more like either let <laughs> let's see what sticks. That's <laughs> that's kind of how how I do、uh, I do things. Which is you know it's it's very、um, it's very hopeful for someone like you who is doing creative work, but also applying like these really smart strategies.、Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I I wish I'm more knowledgeable in that aspect because I feel like I could benefit from it. I feel like I can、uh, grow faster or more effectively.、Um, but I'm just trying, you know, to just find something that works and sticking with it.、Mm-hmm. But having said all of that, I'm wondering now, like, is this creative journey 
just a part of the things that you're like, okay, well, this makes sense on paper because I'm seeing the numbers, like, right? The numbers are growing and it seems like I'm doing something right. Is that really the plan, like your, your roadmap, or is it just, you know, you really wanted to do this? So my, my real question is, I, have a, I do have a real question for this. Mm-hmm. My question is, what does Mike Watt aspire to be? Like if, you know, if you had complete control of everything, mm-hmm. what do you want to be? Uh, that I am actually trying to figure out for myself. Like if in an ideal world, I had all the money in the world kind of thing, I would like play music and be a full-time dad and have like six kids kind of thing and play with them all day. <laughs> that would be mm-hmm. the dream, man. And have a Tesla. Okay. <laughs> and have a Tesla. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, no, uh, that's great. Like, yeah. Because I, I, I was starting to wonder like, were, are you really more creatively inclined hmm. or are you more of the, like I said, like the, the analytical side? Yeah. But it seems like you're a good mix of both. So mm. it's um, it's a good mix. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that's really good qualities to have because usually, I know in my experience, like my husband is very analytical. He's very good at math. He sucks at creativity where mm. I suck at math and analytical things like, but I'm very good with creativity. So that's mm. awesome that you have like a mix of both. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, actually, I don't actually know if I'm artistically creative because uh, like I do know that I'm really good with numbers with Excel work because I actually get into the flow really easily doing accounting work and like figuring out numbers and doing my own finances. But um, I guess with creative work, um, I like figuring things out and doing things that people don't usually do just for fun and seeing what I could do with nothing. And I guess that's how I started. And dude, yeah. Can I be honest with you? What yeah. you describe right there is exactly what being a creative is. <laughs> I was just oh. about to say, that's like the definition of creativity. <laughs> yeah. oh. You are a creative, don't worry. <laughs> you are definitely creative. Yes. Yeah. Here, yes. Let, me, let me do this. Yay. Yay. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my that's signature Mike's sound. intro now. <laughs> we can't use that for anyone else. It's only for Mike. Yeah, it's only for Mike. We'll, we'll call it the Mike button. So the we'll Mike label button. it Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Mike I can do the that. Mike Wattman. Yeah. Um, But I guess with YouTube, with being analytical, um, it is good to a certain point um, because you do have to recognize patterns. And Mm -hmm. I've actually been taking a course on like YouTube strategies and stuff. And um, with your thumbnail, like, because usually when you finish a video and you upload it, you're like, ah, cool, I'm done. But the most crucial part I find is that it's, when you upload, you have to monitor your click-through rate and you do have to have multiple versions of thumbnails to see which one works best. Because you can actually see in the hour which one has the higher rate and you can change them in between and see which one like actually has the best click-through rate and you can stick with that one. You, If you guys can see... If you guys can see Chelsea and my faces, our faces right now, we are like deer in headlights. I never like but Mike. That's a thing. Like yeah. you could do that. Yeah, it's, it's kind like of... whoa, wow. That I didn't know that. Like I it's didn't you. Either. So you actually you can actually get into the nitty gritty and figure out like what successful hmm. thumbnails are. Yeah, and then because that's that's one part of it. Because uh, like with most people, like you, like at first. For me, I only spent like at most 15 minutes on my thumbnail because that's like the finishing part. You just want to get over with and have people enjoy your video. But it's it sucks because that's the gate, the gatekeeper. And if they don't click mm-hmm. in, they won't watch your fabulous video. And um, monitoring click through rate is the first part because the second part is after your video does go well and it's suggested in your like in the world of YouTube and you see that it is because you have the uh, top videos viewed in your 40 top 48 hours and the top seven days kind of thing right you can see mm-hmm. which one YouTube is still suggesting and you can actually use TubeBuddy to test multiple uh, videos at the same time with different thumbnails to get the higher thumbnail and you can change those out to get even more views so that's the long term approach no. Chelsea and I are lost. We're, We're like, like, yeah. What is TubeBuddy? I, I actually I've have heard, seen TubeBuddy. I've heard yeah, of that, yeah. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. but I've never even considered it. That's, yeah, that's crazy. 
Because, uh, well, like with Michael, uh, you have like two videos that work really well. It's the your desk setup with the Ergon Office desk, that video, mm-hmm. and it's the iPad uh, replacement video, right? Yes. So <laughs> you could try testing those thumbnails out with different ones to see if they get you a higher thumbnail rate, and then you can have more views. Because if you're already getting like, say, 100K views, per month on that video and if you get like five percent more or one percent more that's like what what is that that's significant like, yeah five or uh, one yeah. don't ask me about don't that. ask us about the math <laughs> my palms are sweating right now right yeah, i'm like the, the buckets of sweat like i'm just feeling talking I, I about feel all like these i'm numbers. in school again yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah that's that's, that's cool i helpful. can actually i'm probably check that out just to see because I never really considered that at all. And you're right. Thumbnails mm-hmm. is what it, it what it's what draws like people's attention to begin mm-hmm. with, right? So that's why a lot of people like doing the clickbaity type thumbnails. Mm-hmm. Um, I subscribe. I tried a little bit of that, and I tried putting some copy mm-hmm. on my thumbnails. I just noticed that honestly, it just boiled down to personal preference. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it looked good. I didn't think it flowed with the aesthetics yeah so i tried cleaning it up um but you're right it's one of those things that i'm still trying to figure out Mm -hmm. i guess we it really also depends on what your goals are for youtube right for someone like you who is basically who made a career out of it you definitely would love to have more um like better click rates better better views better you know watch times and everything and you will definitely have to do like a lot of the the like the back end work Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I'm still in that spot where I'm, I just want to share content and it would be cool to be able to optimize it. Right. Mm -hmm. But right now I'm so spread out, like so thin, I can't even give my, my brain enough room to think about click rates, (laughs) to be honest with you. But that's good. That means you're doing a lot of work. I am. I think too much. (laughs) (laughs) I have too much time on my hands to, to... <laughs> okay, Mike. So those are our main questions for you mm-hmm. from from Chelsea and I. But we did get a couple of questions from listeners, and I hope you don't mind asking these questions. Um, I'm gonna go read the first one, and then Chelsea will follow um, with the next one. So this first question is from I am Michael Evans, and he is he is a good friend of ours on Instagram, and I think you follow him as well. He's a graphic designer. I think he does mostly package design. Mm-hmm. From uh, he's from Florida. And his question is, what was your most rewarding or memorable moment in your social media journey and why? I think it was going or hitting 10,000 because uh, it was really magical because I actually set the goal to be in December 31st to hit 10K. And going from 300 to 10K was like amazing for me. That was like the funnest part of my YouTube journey. And it was because like everything was new and I was growing like really fast for someone who knew nothing and making something out of nothing. And um, I think I hit 8,000 in October and like because November and December are really good months and that's why I jumped like 2K in two months and that was really magical because I was on the bus in Japan flying back to Hong Kong and that was when I hit 10,000 and I was like, yes, right on the day. I think it was on the 28th of December. So it was even earlier. And uh, I don't know how to describe it, but everything just fit and it was like a sign from God that like, you're yeah. meant to do this, Mike. You're <laughs> <laughs> the chosen That's one. Cool. That yeah. is cool. I love that. That's awesome. Our next question is from Mikey TV. And he asks, without choosing your phone, laptop, tablet, or computer, name your top three items in your office that you love and swear by. Uh, that's kind of hard. Because I guess... Mike's like looking around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my number one most used item would be my iPad. That's like the number one productivity tool for me. Because I do all my Lightroom editing on it. I web browse on it, watch Netflix on it. Um watch uh, like i look at my emails on it that like if i was to ditch everything in my room and take one thing it would be my ipad (laughs) okay that's a fair answer yeah yeah that's a good one um he says that we all can answer so michael Mm -hmm. if you want to oh um what would be my top three items in the office that would definitely my airpods pro 
because that's uh, my those are my daily drivers. My watch, which is my Seiko SKX 007. Chelsea's like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, my phone. My phone is basically my my connection to everything. Right. So I take photos of my kids mm. and. Pretty much, you know, I do all, most of my stuff there. Um, if I have the luxury, I'll definitely use my iPad. But as of late, my daughter has my iPad. So she's been using it. I know lot. how that goes. I had to actually buy another one. We had, so I had one, my daughter stole it. We got another one, my son stole it. So then I had to buy another one. I'm like, this is too much. You kids are rotten. But I guess if I have to pick top three, just really super quickly, I would take my camera. A lens and Chelsea's looking around. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> oh, okay. <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> That's a fairly new toy, right? Yeah. That you have like a mod- what do you call it? Like a, a figurine she, or something? Yeah, she's like basically a twenty dollar toy or something. Like her arms move, but that's it. You mm. can put her little gavel like in her hand. But, but it's what she represents that, that it is. means a lot to Chelsea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. All right. Okay, Mike, we have uh, another question from Apple Today Now. And he asks, I'm assuming he's a he, any tips or mistakes to avoid when starting YouTube? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, So one of the biggest things was uh, like when you receive items, you kind of lose a bit of yourself. And when I started getting items and started making dedicated videos, that was when I started to feel myself dying inside because like sometimes you feel really compelled that, oh, they gave me something. I have to make a video of it, but mm-hmm. I'm not that interested to make a video about it. And when you do that, something inside dies. And that was what I did with earbuds, I guess, because some earbuds, I'm just like, ah, like it's so boring. Like this, like yeah. this isn't as good as whatever, but, uh, I guess my audience wants to see it. Oh, God. Um, kind of thing. So do you, <laughs> do you think that, what would you suggest then in that situation? You, do you suggest to say no more? Yes. And just say yes to things that are interesting to you? Yes. Like okay. right now, I have a ton of emails that I just delete and don't even reply. Because mm-hmm. like, not that they're a waste of time, but I only accept things that are like a hell yeah for me or things that I would actually use or was going to buy like mm-hmm. in real life for myself anyways and um i guess yeah yeah i'm only accepting things that i would use on a daily basis and that i would love enough to share with my audience or at least interested enough right to try out yeah 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 that that way it doesn't feel like work it doesn't feel like um oh it's one of those because I, I totally relate with what you said earlier when you said that you started to feel more of like a qc mm-hmm. person yeah right like quality control like do they sound good do they fit well i'm like you know what (laughs) at that point i'm like you know what i like them so try them out if you like them so it's it it feels like that right so yeah i've actually had to do the same thing i basically had to say no to a lot of um, collaborations even though like some of them are from great products like great Mm. companies that i think that oh this it's almost it it got to a point where it feels like I'm just saying yes because I want to get their name under my belt. But then I'm sacrificing authenticity and my genuineness for for that product um, to be identified with that product, which sucks because mm-hmm. people can smell. You you know what I mean? Like they, they smell if you're pitching them something. Mm-hmm. They, they can smell it from a mile away. And I try my very best not to do that. It's not 100% avoidable. Mm-hmm. But what you just said was very, it's very critical, I think, for a lot of people who want to start on YouTube. Because in the beginning, when you're excited, when everything's new, and you should be, um, you're going to say yes to a lot. Mm-hmm. And you should say yes to a lot of these when you're starting out. But when you start to get to a point like what you said, Mike, where you start to feel like a part of you is dying inside. It's when you start to feel that you're not in control anymore. You don't have creative control. Your content is not your content anymore. Your content is basically based on whatever these companies say. And there's a little bit of pressure there because obviously you want to earn money. You want you want to grow your channel, but you also have to be very strategic. You can't just keep saying yes to everything, even on Instagram. Like that's what I'm doing on Instagram. I can't say yes to everything, even though some of them are great products. So I get that. Totally get that. And I think that's really solid advice. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. No problem. Yeah, that is really, really insightful. I think um, 
some of the new creators that uh, listen to our podcast. I think they'll get a lot of helpful insight from that. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that very detailed and good answer. Oh, no problem. Oh, and there's yeah. another one if we have time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing or mistake is to uh, be too analytical because at first you need to be very natural. Like when I watch Michael's content, it's actually very interesting what he does because he provokes curiosity a lot in his titles and thumbnails. And that's something he does very naturally without thinking. And I actually study his videos a lot and and other people in the desk setup community like Matthew Encina. Oh, that guy. I yeah. was watching him yeah. just this morning. Yeah. Love so good. His stuff. I love it. So clean. I know. <laughs> but yeah. thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. It works, man. It's really good. But uh, with being natural, that is the number one most important in my opinion right now because... Um, uh, when you first start, you should just do whatever and just be yourself and be the most genuine part of who you are because that will really show and people will really resonate with that or people who are similar with you would resonate with that. And mm-hmm. uh, being analytical is important, but that should come later on when you get a lot of traction because when you're too analytical in the beginning, you just stare at the screen and you get nothing done. And it's a lot easier to pivot your channel and move when you're actually moving somewhere. Because uh, if you're not doing anything, it's hard to move anywhere. And mm-hmm. um, when, like, how did I say? It's, you need to have a few natural things pinned down, which is like provoking curiosity and um, really be in tune with who you are and what you're interested in so that people who are like you would be interested in that too. Because I find the mm-hmm. biggest challenge for my channel right now is my audience development. I don't really know who my audience is because my channel is really segmented to like uh, audio, earbuds, desk setup, and um, gaming chairs or stuff like that. It's very different and I'm trying to tie it all in. And um, I do camera stuff too and that gets the lowest view. So it's... On YouTube, it's a challenge to uh, make content that you like and people like at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, and that's my challenge on Instagram as well. Like, cause I guess I get bored really fast. So when I take like two pictures on my desk, I'm like, oh shoot, what should I do next? Like, I don't want to take another photo of another angle that's like the same thing. So then I stop posting mm-hmm. for like a week and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I lose my flow there, if that makes sense. So, what's your solution now? What do you think is the next step for you? If since it's that's how you feel, like you feel that, um, like for example, for mm-hmm. your Instagram, right? Like, and you posted a photo, and then you posted a different a different angle, mm-hmm. and you want to have that stronger connection with your audience. Is that what you're trying to look for? Is that I mean, you're trying to achieve yeah. like a stronger connection, a good pulse of who your 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 tribe is basically exactly and i was gonna ask you okay. guys because chelsea just hit 10k which is amazing on instagram Thank it's you. very hard to get there and uh it's very hard yeah. yeah so that's like you guys would have a better understanding of how to develop or identify your audience i guess that would be the other thing the the third thing i was gonna say like know how to develop your audience which i'm still trying to learn okay chelsea what do you think about that like what would you say to mike yeah. To try to grow his Instagram. Um, something that I say all the time, and I feel like a broken record because I'm constantly saying this. Um, and I know it's like bleak, but try to stay consistent. And I know you were saying like you take a picture of your desk with one angle and you go to another. I would just say be creative, but also be consistent and then just post quality content. I mean, that's personally, that's what I did. And I know there for like a stint when I hit probably seven or 8,000, like I was just stuck. I was stuck at like 700 and whatever, 7,000 and whatever. And I think it's because I was posting like the exact same thing. Even though I was getting lots of likes, I wasn't getting a lot of follows. And I think it's because the grid like just looked the same. Like it was the same desk, the same, like everything was just like starting to get dry. So that's when I started to incorporate like other things. I was starting to do like flat lays. I put, you know, I would photograph myself, even though it was still my desk, it was, it was different. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. 
That's just worked for me. I don't know if it'll work for anyone else, but hopefully it will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. These are There is a lot of different strategies for it. My personal strategy has always been my idea for my grid, right? Like in the beginning, it was all desk setups. In the beginning, it was all like just the same thing. But the problem that I had was exactly what you were facing or what you were going through right now, Mike, is that people remember me for my desk. People remember me for... Um, any items, right? Like that. It's all, the way I would say it is. I had a cousin when I was a young, when I was way, way younger. My one of my cousins drove like this really nice car, and I remember hearing some of his friends refer to him as like, "Oh, do you guys know this person?" And they would say, "Oh, that's the guy with this car." Like they don't even know his name; hmm. they just know his car. And I remember. At that time, I think I was like 22, 23, I said that I definitely don't want to be remembered for an item that I have. And that's how I felt with my Instagram because people were remembering me for the desk. And very reluctantly, I started showing my face. And the reason why I started showing my face is because I wanted to, I wanted my audience to know that I'm an actual person. And it's, it's hard to do that, I admit, but, and you won't get as many likes you won't get as many, whatever. And, it, you know, all these things, are start, they start to stack up, um, like, against you in your head. You're like, oh, maybe I did the wrong, you know, I made the wrong decision or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're basically just laying the foundation. And that's what I did. I would, What I would do is I would post desk setups, and then I would post other things that are interested in me. I mean, for me. So basically, anything that revolves in my, my own life, right? Like, aside from kids, aside from my family, like... They, I try to keep them related in a sense. So watches, it's things that I see in the office, basically. And um, every now and then, if I if you scroll through my grid, and if, it, if I see that most of the stuff there are just desks or items, that means I need to post a picture of myself again. Mm. So I actively try to add photos of myself just to remind people, that, hey, I'm a person. You can email me. You can message me or whatever. And they start to relate to me more in that sense. And because now they think of my name as, oh, Mitch Soul Design, that's Michael. And these are the things that Michael likes. In the beginning, it was like, hey, you're the desktop guy, <laughs> right? Like the, you're the, the setup guy. Mm-hmm. And as nice as that was, it's just, it, I didn't want that. My, the worst thing that I want is to lose connection on Instagram. Like I'm there so I can make more connections, not, not become just another picture, I guess. Mm-hmm. So... You can try to do that. You can try to add more of yourself, of what you do. And you may not get as many engagement, as much engagement in the beginning. But again, it's just building on your foundation. It's building on your, your personal brand. Because eventually what I want is that I want people to know me for me and be like, oh, is this something that Michael would buy? Mm. Or is this something that Michael would use? And not just, oh, would this look good on a desk? You know what I mean? So it's I'm starting to try to pivot that way. But you're the last question that we asked you, like that those the things that you mentioned um, earlier, those are very critical information that I think a lot of people will benefit from. So if you guys are listening to this and if you are going to take anything away from this whole episode, it's what Mike said. Basically, his his tra- his journey through his Instagram growth and um, YouTube, like his struggles. Those are what you will encounter if you're not going through that right now. And these are real things. And what Mike said, you have to kind of learn how to pivot. You have to learn about your audience. You have to know, like, it's always going to be different for everyone. Chelsea's journey was different. I can give her some pointers for that what would work for me or that worked for me, but it's not always going to be a cookie cutter thing. I guess, right? Because yeah. it really depends who your audience is. If Mike wants to move away from the headphones, then he can do that. He can start posting uh, um, things that are different, right? Desk setups, um, computers, if he likes computers, you can start, like, I know you you, you bought a one-wheeler, what, what do you call that again? A one-wheel. The, the a one-wheel. One yeah. You know what I mean? So Michael's things so like old. that. I am so old. <laughs> What are those one-wheel things? What are you those gadgets, are? Larry? Yeah. <laughs> but 
don't be afraid to do that. I'm always I always say this, don't be afraid to try something else. Because the the worst thing that you're doing, the worst thing is you're losing some likes. But the benefits uh from from diversifying your 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 content is that you're you're establishing another layer of yourself. Mm. Right? Like I'm I don't I don't just sit in my office. I like photography as well. I like uh computers, I like watches. And so you're getting more of a, a wider sample of an audience, your audience, I guess. And in that journey, I think eventually we will fine tune it and we will figure out, you know, who your ideal audience is or are. But you're never going to know that if you're going to keep doing the same thing. So what you're doing right now, like you're you're trying something else other than headphones and earphones. I think it's, it's a good step. That's a good first step for sure. But try to uh, maybe show more of your face if you want people to relate to you more. Um, it's good if you're being authentic. It's good if you're being honest with the negative things that are happening to you. Because as much as it, you know, Instagram, think of it, if, of it this way. 90% of people use Instagram as their highlight reel. Meaning they only post the best things, right? Mm-hmm. The best things that happen in their lives, the best quality, whatever it is. And the problem with that is that, you know, people can watch that and admire it, but they, ultimately they won't be able to relate to that because like everyone else, we also have problems. But if you're being honest in your, your posts, in anything that you create, you'll draw more of those genuine people. So I think you're in the right path, man. Like, I think, I think oh, it's, yeah. uh, you, what you're doing is very good and also it's a lot of work. I mean, you grew your YouTube and now you're trying to go to Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh. That's admirable. But um, yeah, thank you for sharing that last bit of insight because I think a lot of people needed to hear that because Chelsea and I say that and, you know, it's different hearing it from someone else. Mm-hmm. Someone, especially like you, who has a significant amount of audience in, in your YouTube. So yeah, yeah, that's oh, great. It's very encouraging for people. The other thing is that um, like on YouTube, I don't really think it matters how many subscribers you have. I think that number is fake. Because you don't actually get the views for how many subscribers you have. It's only mm-hmm. like, again, it goes back to your audience. If your video attracted, like, say, like 5,000 subscribers from your desk setup video, your next, your next desk setup video is only get, going to get like 3,000 or 2,000. And um, yeah. so that's the thing with my channel. Although I have like 70K plus. I don't really feel like I have that community of 70k plus but for you guys on Instagram what does that like your number and your actual community that you know of and feel that uh, like what what's that actual number in your head for you to on head, your Instagram yeah. Personally I feel the same way mm-hmm. like my followers is it's big so I can say that maybe more people can see my content but that doesn't necessarily mean that more people are engaged. And mm. I'm more I'm more focused on how many people are engaged. And I'm actually I was actually thinking of that last night. I said, you know, I'm gonna spend more time commenting again. Cause that's the one thing I miss the most on Instagram is commenting or replying to comments and replying to DMs, even sending DMs. I remember when before the pandemic happened, I um I would send DMs to people just like just because like I even sent voice uh, messages to people mm. and I, it's just because that was just my way of connecting with people. And I wasn't promoting anything. It was just like, I remember I sent this, uh, this voice message to someone in the UK during the, uh, when COVID hit for the first time. And I'm like, Hey man, you know, I, you know, this might be odd for you to, to get this message from me, but I just wanted to reach out to people as many as I can and just see how they're doing. You know, I hope you're doing okay. And, a hundred percent of them replied back with, with also a voice message to say, Hey, you know, I appreciate that. You know, thank you for sending. Cause not everything that you, you do on Instagram has to be a business transaction. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be self-promotion. It, you know, we're people, it's a social media app, treat it like a social media app, but because you have that creativity in you, you can make it a little bit nicer, right? So pretty pictures, but it doesn't mean that you have to lose your soul. It doesn't mean that you have to lose, give up your character. So to answer your question again, like that, that number again that I have is, it looks big. 
but the community it's much smaller hmm. but but i also know how loyal and how genuine like these people are some of them i wish i could message them every day hmm. because they're so committed to the commenting and just liking and whatever and i really want to spend more time doing that so i think i'm going to start doing that now okay. but try not to um you're right. You're right about the numbers on YouTube as well. It's good. It's like a badge, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like that, that blue check mark that you get when mm-hmm. you're verified or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, he has 100,000 or he has 70,000. It helps with overall marketing. Mm-hmm. But it's good that you are more interested in the actual genuine interaction or the community that you're trying to build. Because I think that's the secret right there. Mm-hmm. Building the community. Absolutely. Yeah. That is. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. I didn't expect to... Uh, <laughs> this interview to turn that way (laughs) those were all great answers to everyone's questions including mine and michael's and then also our listeners i really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and answer all of our questions Mm -hmm. i do have one more Mm -hmm. and this is from nicole who is our social media manager i'm sure you talked to her um she manages everything actually Mm -hmm. she does everything (laughs) except talk on the podcast um and she wants to know, how did you feel about the Ember mug? And was it worth the hype and the price tag? Yeah. Oh, he has it. He I loves it. it. Right he has here it. in the yeah. camera. He loves uh, it. Yeah, I love it. I use it every day. Um, the cool thing is that the battery is still around the same, even though I use it for a whole year, because usually heat and batteries aren't a good mix. And I'm not drinking or I'm not tasting any battery acid yet, so that's good. Plus, <laughs> that, yeah. that shocked me there for a second. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I, d- I didn't know that was a possibility. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's really high quality when you hold it. It's really heavy, and it's something like it's expensive. But when you get it and use it, you you won't even remember how much it costs, kind of thing. It's it's worth okay, it in that good. way. But if it yeah. broke, would I buy it again? Um, I would go back into that cycle. I'm sure if I buy it again. I would buy the new version. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I know how that goes. But as long as it doesn't break, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would recommend it? Yeah, I would. They should sponsor okay. me. Awesome. <laughs> they should, yeah. Yeah, just that was like actually, how... I was going to ask that. If it was sponsored or if that's something you, I guess, assuming you bought that yourself, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. These are the best, um, these are the best people to work with um, if any brands are listening. The ones who are, who love their products who use their products mm-hmm. and are not just looking for a sponsor you know chelsea and i don't do that i mean we we love rode microphones as a matter of fact we, we have a bunch of rode microphones here in the office so uh, everything i'm recording with right now is rode even oh, nice. the xlr cable so yeah we love rode we do love rode yes nice Mike, thank you so much for sitting down with us. We really appreciate it. We've had such a fun time, but we should probably start to wrap this up because our editor is going to smack Michael. And I say smack Michael (laughs) because she doesn't know me. So that's a plus. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Mike, thank you for taking the time. I know it's um, you're all the way there in Canada. I don't even know what the time zone is over there. It's the same. It's 10.25 right now, right? Okay, so it's the same time. Same time here in... um, Okay. I'm the only one ahead. That's okay. Because Michael doesn't, I I don't understand geography. Is that right? Geography? Yeah. Yeah. Time (laughs) zones. Time zones. All right, Mike. Well, uh, where where can our audience find you? So you can find me on YouTube, M-I-K-E-W-A-T. And on Instagram, it's um, the Mike Watt. So it's T-H-E-M-I-K-E-W-A-T. Okay. There you go. Everyone follow the Mike Watt. If you want, definitely follow him on YouTube because he has very, I, I, by the way, I just saw your last video, the EDC one. Oh yeah. Uh, I actually want to make one and I'm like, I want to make a video like this and that. Then I saw your video. I'm like, oh crap, Mike did it already. <laughs> that happens a lot, <laughs> so right? Like, yeah. It does. He answered all of our questions before we even got to ask them. So I know he's I on think top Mike, of it. He's good. Yeah. Mike Watt is not a tech reviewer. Mike Watt is a mind reader. A That's mind what he's reader. doing. He's throwing us off, Chelsea. I'm not used to it. No, it's because I, I, I read your questions before, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that that could that could have been the thing. Yeah, I think that might have been a that might have helped. That's yeah. right. Might have. But um, anyway, Mike, thank you so much for for being with us, and we hope you can come back one of these days, and maybe share again, uh, give us an update on your journey, and see what's worked and what hasn't, or what isn't working. But um, we do appreciate the the time that you um you took from from your day 
So oh no problem. I hope you enjoyed this little scrappy little production that we have right going on right now. Yeah, it's like I listen to this podcast a lot, so being on it. Well, when I actually listen to it, I think I, I'll be like, oh my god, I'm on it. Like yeah, no. So thank you guys for having me. It's it's amazing. Of course, absolutely. It's, it's our pleasure. Anytime. Yeah. Okay. Okay, guys, thanks again for listening to Coffee with Creators and our very special guest, Mike Watt. If you guys yeah. haven't if you guys haven't already, make sure to give Coffee with Creators a follow on Instagram, and that's at CoffeeWCreators. And if you could please head over to Apple Podcasts, if that's where you listen, and leave us a review or tap those stars. That really helps with the algorithm. And I think that's all. I do have one more thing, Chelsea, before we yeah, sign sure. off. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, just a little reminder for people that I posted something on my feed on oh, Instagram about right. a contest, right? Like if you could rate us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and send us a screenshot of your review and your rating just so we, don't, we know who it belongs to and we'll choose one. I said two weeks. So next week, which should be like on our next show, that's when we are going to be announcing or choosing so wednesday thursday ish next week is when we're going to be choosing the uh the winner and the winner will receive one folio touch ipad pro 11 case from logitech i will ship it to you wherever you are so so far we only have a few entries so these guys have a really good chance of winning i mean there's only a few of them so if you want a chance to win this brand new logitech ipad pro 11 folio touch keyboard that was a long name please rate us on apple podcast and leave us a review we really do appreciate it and that's pretty much it all right this is your coffee and pizza crew and we are signing off bye, bye.